You are watching and listening to Bishop Brothers, a safe space where real issues being dealt with by real people are brought forth and discussed. Every week, the fire of love is lit as two 21st century bishops share the first century church message. Join and engage in the conversations featuring grassroots interviews, book reviews, and God-inspired commentary. Here are your hosts, Aaron and John, Bishop and Bishop, Chief and Chief. But above all, they are brothers. Welcome aboard. How you doing, brother? Hey, what's going on in Texas? Uh, <laughs> see that? That's a loaded question. <laughs> that is a loaded question. Dude, what the- <laughs> dude, that's one loaded statement. Too much, <laughs> too, you know. Too much. I'm up there like, wow, we got to get this. Man, this, well, that's a great segue. What's going on? How, how's Washington doing? Oh, it's, it's pretty good. So for the first time in, I think, 32 days, I actually went into the office today. So that was, and even still, it, it's, it's one chief at a time. Uh, we each have two days a week that we're responsible for, and we go in and uh, on, on federal installation, you're required to wear your mask everywhere. Uh, you're not allowed to take it off. It's just like being in a hospital. Right. Um, so you only take it off when you go to the head. It's the only time you can take your mask off. Uh, so <laughs> hold on hold on hold on and the head means the rest. That, that means the restroom yeah that's for those, of you, who, that's, those of you who don't know that's uh, yeah. The yeah, uh, yeah, so yeah so we don't have to wear it in the bathroom you know um right. but yeah um you know quarantine is still very much ineffective here um it's you know it's been a couple weeks and you know my my kids are they've had it they're ready to go do something right Right. But they, that's where we are up here, right? You know, and we and we not only understand that that's the primary thing, this this quarantine. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's even you know, Mo, Noah stayed in the boat. You know, they stayed in the boat till it was over. You know, and that's what we got to do. We got to deal with this situation, and uh, that's what we're gonna discuss tonight. Reimagining uh, how God works in these type of things, because the ministry of the work of God does not stop. Uh, in these things, the, the work of God keeps moving no matter what's happening in society. Society does not dictate, culture does not dictate what God is doing. And so tonight we're going to try to do a little reimagining of the church moving forward, you know, because uh, there will be another side of this. Uh, there will be, you know, post this. And the question is, what we're going to do post this and how we're going to conduct ourselves. So mm-hmm. I'm truly excited about it. I know you got some good stuff for us tonight. And and I think I got some good stuff for us tonight where we can reimagine the church uh, moving forward because the church has a role yeah. to play, always does moving forward. Yeah, I, I think that the church has a massive role to play and it's uh, it's consent, I guess you will, as a body, as a, as a capital C church all over the world. It's consent uh, to social distancing has or it's non-consent uh, has had, I hope and pray, are some unintended consequences, but uh mm-hmm. Um, but that's the reality of it, uh, because Christianity is still the largest faith group on the planet. Um, but there's so many different flavors of us that, um, you know, it can be really hard to to get a consensus. But I think I think where we where we make our first mistake is we think that the church has never had to be reimagined. We think that um, it's always been this way. And it mm-hmm. shouldn't change. Um, and I think it's important that we understand that man-made things can change and sometimes have to change. Right. And what can't change is the gospel message. Okay. The right. fact that Jesus Christ was 
uh, is God. He lived, he died, he resurrected for our sins and putting our trust in him and believing in him ensures us eternal life. That's the gospel message. And that will never change. It should never change, but it's, it's immature and lazy history to think that the church has in its history has never had to reimagine itself. And and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about tonight. I figure I'd, I'd, I'd go with where we were in the past and kind of how we've gotten here and then let you take over and, and talk about uh, reimagining into the future. But the first mistake we always make is that church has never had to be reimagined before. Right. And right. that we're doing something completely new inside right. uh, what's going on with Corona right now. And that's right. simply not true. Um, when, when you guys see this, or if you have your Bibles with you, you can go to Acts 1, uh, verses 1 through 9. This is the first reimagining of the church. Okay, so I'll, I'll read it to you. Um, it says, The first account I composed, Theopolis, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he had been taken up into heaven, after he had, by the Holy Spirit, given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. To these he also presented himself alive after his suffering, by many convincing proofs appearing to them over a period of 40 days, and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, You heard of from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, what is this time? When are you, when are you restoring the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or epics, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest parts of the earth. What we're seeing here, it will one, we see, uh, we see the we see the uh, disciples still stuck in old thinking. Okay, and what I mean by that is, even after all this being resurrected for the forgiveness of sins, and, and Jesus had told them this, their first question to him is, "When are you restoring the kingdom of Israel? When are mm. we going to return back to our normal?" Mm. And, and Jesus completely flips the script on them mm-hmm. and says, that's not what you need to be concerned with. Mm-hmm. You need to be concerned with what I'm going to have you do when the Holy Spirit comes and breathes power and gives you authority. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, all the church knew up to this point, and you got to remember the size of the church is about 12 people. Mm-hmm. All the church knew at this point was being taught by the master, being at the foot of the master, being with Jesus, Jesus always around. Mm-hmm. After his ascension, they had to reimagine. Mm-hmm. They had to completely rethink what church was going to, what the ecclesia, the assembly of God was going to be and what it was going to do. Um, and where did this happen? Well, as Jesus promised, the Holy Spirit comes to us or comes to the disciples. And it happens in the upper room where the Holy Spirit changes the face of the church. Mm-hmm. Right now we go from direct interaction with Jesus Christ to the movement of the Holy Spirit. They went from face to face with Jesus to being led by the Holy Spirit. The package changed. The gospel did not. Uh-oh. Okay. That's powerful. And we don't have to go much further to find the second reimagining of the church. If you go to Acts 15, verses 1 through 12, you'll see the second, re- the second reimagining of the church. 
So that says, some men, this is the council at Jerusalem. So some men came down from Judea and began teaching the brethren, or teaching the church, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. Basically what they were saying was, in order to be saved, you had to be Jewish. And when Paul and Barnabas had great dissension and debate with them, the brethren determined that Paul and Barnabas and some of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders concerning this issue. Okay, so here we are again. Things, times, epics are changing, and now the church must reimagine itself. Okay, uh, therefore being sent on their way by the church, they were passing through both Phoenicia and Samaria, describing in detail the conversation of the Gentiles, or the conversion of the Gentiles, and were bringing great joy to all the brethren. <clears throat> when, they are, when they arrived at Jerusalem, they were received by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they reported all that God had done with them. But some of the sect of the Pharisees who had believed stood up saying, it is necessary to circumcise them uh, and to direct them to observe the law of Moses. The apostles and elders came together and to look into this matter. So what we're seeing here, and this is a, this is a piece of Christian history that no one really talks about. And that is the, the first Christian church met in synagogues. The first, right. Christ, the first Christian churches were, were nothing more than groups of people who believed in Jesus that went to synagogue. They were Jewish people. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so because all they had known is Jewish tradition and culture, it was an assumed thing that that is how the church was going to be run. But that is not what Jesus told them to do. Jesus told them to go into all the world. So now they're at this, they're at this crossroads. They have to reimagine church. They have to reimagine the quote-unquote rules. Okay, verse 8 says, And God who knows the heart testified to them, giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he also did us, saying there's no distinction between us and them, the Gentiles, cleansing their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why do you put God to the test by placing upon the neck of the disciples a yoke which neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? Although this looks like, yeah, duh, to the modern-day Christian, this was her this was heresy to to a to a synagogue Jew, mm -hmm. to to a first century Jew, holding this stuff outside a synagogue, with Gentiles with those people, was considered horrific. This was not something that was okay, but this is a reimagining, and mm -hmm. this reimagining caused splits. And if you look at the history of the church in the first and second centuries, you will see not just a split but a violent split. Um, between Judaism and Christianity to where Christians were no longer allowed in synagogue. And that's where this starts because they start to diverge away mm -hmm. okay? because the leadership is reimagining what church looks like with someone other than a Jewish person in it. Mm. To Barnabas and Paul, they were relating the signs and wonders that God had done through them. So finally, James decides that the only things that they're going to have to do is, do you remember the two things? Mm -mm. So the two things that they're required to do is they're required to not eat meat sacrificed to, to idols mm -hmm. and refrain from sexual immorality. Meaning if you're, mm -hmm. if you're married, don't step outside your marriage. Those right. are the only two things that they carried into the new reimagining of church rules from Judaism. They didn't require circumcision. They didn't require mm. sacrifices. They didn't require any of that. The church was then reimagined. Mm. Okay. And that's not where it ends. Okay.
Okay. The Council of Nicaea was the first council in the history of the Christian church. Okay. And it was intended to address the entire body of believers because now Christianity, because we had now accepted Gentiles, those people were now common folk in the church. The church had expanded massively. Right. And it starts to fulfill what Christ had said was going to happen, that we would go out into the entire world. Right. right? They're neither Jew nor Greek, right. male nor female. Right. It didn't matter. All are welcome in the kingdom of God. Well, when you do that, you get really big. Mm -hmm. So the Council of Nicaea is convened to resolve the contra many controversies. One of them was Arianism, which was a doctrine that held that Christ was not divine, but a created being. You see, Gnostic heresy had plagued the church, and to rid themselves of it, they had to reimagine Scripture. They had to reimagine and come back to their beginnings. Okay, so they created a creed. We know it as the Nicene Creed, unifying all Christians into one orthodox theology. The package was, again, just like in Acts 15, just like in Acts 1, the package is changing. The gospel is not. The Protestant Reformation in the 1500s challenged the idea that a building or an organization could hold the keys that were won by Christ's blood. Martin Luther had to look at the gospel message and reimagine the very fabric of the Christian faith. Wow. The result were the concepts that we just run around with daily now of salvation through faith alone, salvation through Christ alone, knowledge through scripture alone, which we take for granted now right. 500 years later. This imagine. was heresy. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. was a heresy in 1500. Yeah. Okay. The result was a time of executions, um, but the reimagined church continued on. Different package, same gospel, same gospel message. The Great Awakening in the United States, which forged a path for believers in this new American nation with so many different types of Christians and no national church because we're not part of England anymore. The Anglican right. church is no longer our, our boss in terms of, in terms of faith. We now have to reimagine what it means to be part of a denomination. We mm -hmm. have to reimagine what it means to be part of a church group, mm -hmm. which we take for granted now because we pop up churches left and right now. Yeah. Yeah. But that was heresy in the 1700s. Right, but we reimagined it to fit the needs of our culture, but not changing the profound message of the gospel. Mm. Okay, with so many different types of Christians, they had to do that. The package again changed, the gospel did not. Okay, and then and then later in the abolition and civil rights era, the church had to again reimagine itself with the understanding that there really is no race but the human race. Mm -hmm. See, mm -hmm. most of us in our Reformed churches now, we're like, well, of course there's only one race. Mm -hmm. That was heresy in the 1850s. That was heresy wow. in the 1830s. Right. There, wasn't, there, there were different races, and races were inferior to other races. These were mm -hmm. quote-unquote facts. Mm -hmm. And we had to reimagine who we were after the Civil War. We had to reimagine a church, and we're still struggling with this packaging. There yes. are still places in this country that struggled greatly with this reimagining. We're still struggling through this reimagining. Okay. And, and in some places, the church is still working through that. And it's still, it's still grappling with the reimagining of a church distinct only in salvation of its adherents and nothing else. That is, that is a profound thing that is happening right now.
the package is changing, but the gospel remains the same. We find ourselves in the era of Corona, where we are having to reimagine what gathering means. We're having to reimagine what, what Easter looks like. We're being called into a new, highly technical era, and the church must learn to reimagine service. It, it, it needs to reimagine what the word service even means. Because now we're, now mm-hmm. we're being forced to understand service doesn't mean putting your butt in a pew for 45 minutes on Sunday. Yeah, because it's not an option anymore. So now, what do you do? How yeah. do you now reimagine your faith? How do mm. you now repackage the never-changing gospel message of Jesus Christ? Yes, we are being called into a new era. We must learn how to reimagine ourselves. What's necessary and what is not. We need a new package, mm. but the gospel message is going to stay the same. Yes, what does it look like? Well, the admin of Zoom-type meetings, I mean, that could replace the need for every week gatherings. The idea of the cell church, similar to what they do in China, uh, may become a more realistic option. The, 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 I mean, the idea of the megachurch was already kind of dying anyway. Um, who really knows? Who really knows? But this is what I do know. We as church leaders must reimagine what the purpose of the brick-and-mortar church is what the purpose of the building is, what the purpose of service is, and what the purpose of gathering is, the purpose of our position, and we need to rethink what really matters. Yes. And what really matters is we can change the package, but the gospel message must stay the same. And, and the last thing I'll say, that the thing that is most disheartening to me right now is that we just kind of watching what people are doing and and how things are going, I'm, I'm seeing I'm seeing some disheartening things from my country right now. I'm seeing a country that, you know, to me as a Christian, as a, as a Bible-believing, saved Christian that believes in the power of Jesus Christ and believes that I should go out for the one and leave the 99, it's disheartening to realize there really is a how much does a life cost. Mm-hmm. To me, it's immeasurable. Mm-hmm. It's immeasurable from, from the child in the womb to the elderly person on life support. It's immeasurable. Love, yes. love and protect life at all costs, all life. Right. Um, what I'm seeing though, is there, there's a, there's a majority in this country. It may be billions it may be billions of dollars worth before we'll, before we'll sacrifice life. But the fact of the matter is we are willing to sacrifice life and, and that breaks my heart. So. Oh yeah, that's powerful stuff. You know, reimagine a lot of a lot of a lot of times we don't think about word like this. Reimagine the church because you know the same old same old is comfort zones for us. And you know, hey, you know, my uncle did like this, my mother's mothers did like this, my grandmother did like this. But mm-hmm. you know, here's where we at. You know, and we need to understand we better we need to reimagine this church because um, is we you know it's not about being a small church or a large church or we're a constructive church. And right now, mm-hmm. that's the question that the uh, church has to answer, um, because we better answer or we're going to find ourselves, um, you know, locked out and looking in and, and missing a lot of opportunity that mm-hmm. we have here. I just want to bring in some things, I man, you know, when you break down how the first century church went through, you know, 
when when Jesus left, they had they started all over. It, it wasn't nothing. He said, "Up on this rock, I'll build my church," and they started the church. And you talking about what James did? All this was not here. We didn't have a pattern. And you, you say the package is different, but the, you know, I say like this: the the methods, the message never changes, mm. but methods do. Methods, yeah. the the message of Christ never changes, but methods do. You know, we we're right now we having service right now on Zoom. You're in Washington, I'm in Texas. We're thousand thousand miles away. This this wouldn't even conceive. 10 to 20 years ago. We're not That's just right. going like 50. This wouldn't even conceive that, you know, we was on the phone, but actually, you know, we're having a live conversation and we are on Facebook and we, mm -hmm. you know, we're broadcasting this and we can talk to the people. So, to see, the message never changes. The methods do. And then, and then this post this going to be soon to be, hopefully, you know, going through the, this post-pandemic world we're going to live in. Is the church getting the message that our methods needs to change and 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 it needs to change on what the church is what the church is is what jesus said upon this rock i will build my church mm -hmm. upon this rock he did not build a corporation that's right he did not build an organization jesus does not call ceos he does not call the executives he does not call case managers he does not call uh, these people the church is an organism not an organization mm -hmm. you know the Yet, as this person, yet as they form those very words, they continue to be devout members of churches that will organize along of General Motors and Microsoft. Many churches today, and the reason why, right, uh, people are you know putting people at risk in this in this uh, coronavirus age that we live in now is because your church is a business and people have become consumers, and your business is shut down on Sunday. You want your business open, just mm -hmm. like. General Motors don't want it. Look at gas prices. Why is gas prices down right now? It's a business because people are not driving. It's not hard. You don't have to go to no economic right. class. The reason why That's gas right. prices are down because people aren't driving much. Look at airline tickets. Go and try to get an airline ticket right now because because the airlines and people are not flying because mm. of this pandemic. And the, business, right. and the reason why people are, have put people at risk is because we don't want to change our message. We don't want to change our methods. We want we we want the church as usual. But the church, in many cases, has been a a nothing but a business. But I like this this quote right here: "The church, therefore, should not be confused with an organization, a denomination, a movement, or leadership. The church." is the people of God, the very bride of Christ. See, sure. I am the bride of Christ. He came and died for me. And one day the groom is going to come back for the bride. And so the church, if you look at the church, when you got all these people, but he set us up as bishops and elders and fathers and sisters and brothers. The church is modeled after a family, not General Motors or mm -hmm. Microsoft or the business. So so we have, we church, we need to go back to our, to our first level, understand that we have, we have reimagined the church in a wrong way. We have reorganized the church when we're supposed to be reimagining the church in these troubled mm. times we live in. Not reorganizing. Yeah. We don't. We you know these CEOs and this is I'm the pastor and this is the executive and all these you know primary person and secondary. No, who we supposed to not change how God has set up the church. He called the church is supposed to, we're the bride of Christ and God's going to come back from his, from his church. And the church is out the business of telling the truth, just like businesses are out the, are always in the business of always giving you the sunny picture. Oh, there's nothing wrong with General Motors. There's nothing wrong with Microsoft. There's nothing wrong with Zoom. There's nothing wrong with this and that. You know, many people right now are mad because they didn't invest in Zoom. 
<laughs> because Zoom <laughs> is out here right now. Everybody, everybody, why? Because this is this is how we stand connected. This is how we're connecting right now to mm -hmm. be in a meeting right now in Zoom and, and, and on Facebook Live at the same time. It is real magic. So, so, but we're still Zoom is an organization out to make money. And we're not we're we're not supposed to be in the business of making money. We're supposed mm -hmm. to be in the soul saving business. And so in short, I like to say, in short, the goal of the gospel is not to get you out of hell or into heaven, but to get God out of heaven into you so that he may be displayed visibly and glorifying the creation. Yes. The, yes. God, the, the God, the goal of the gospel is not for you to build a bigger church building, not for you to be, have a bigger congregation, That's not right. for you to have this and that, not to see how, how you organize this, not to brag about your organizational structure, not to have people come in, a small church come in and see this is how we organize, this is how we grow. No, the, 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 the goal of the gospel is so that people may know that God is alive and to get God out of heaven and into that person so people might be saved and so that he might be displayed in this world with the image of the invisible God. I'm saying it again, with the image of the invisible God. And so we're supposed to be glorifying God on the earth, not bragging about our buildings, not bragging about this. And so until we reimagine, understand what is the church for? The church is for what happened happening right now. The church is for pandemics. The church is for crisis. The church is for supposed to stand up in those these moments and be what the world needs and not examples of what the world don't need. You know, or, organic churches like those in the New Testament are different. We're talking about New Testament churches. You you didn't read it, but upon Acts, it said they 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 went house to house breaking bread. Mm, and the first day of Pentecost, right. three thousand souls got saved. And they and the Bible said they went the house and house taking care of one another. You know, they they, they are not trained, but groups of people who walk. These groups move. They move more slowly than the trains, only several miles per hour at the fastest. But they can turn at a moment's notice. More important, they can generally attend to the world. And to the Lord and to each other. The early church was about each other going house to house. We're so busy moving our trains, our automobiles, and this and that that we don't have time for one another. The church needs to reimagine by going back and say, what are we supposed to truly be about? We're supposed mm -hmm. to be going house to house, taking care of our neighbor, taking care of our co-workers, taking care of each other. There's a lot of mental problems happening right now. There's a lot of stress going on right now. We're not worried about that because we're so focused on getting back to a building. And God said, no, look at the early church. There was an organic. They, they weren't an organization. They was worried about souls going house to house, and they had time. They had time. They took time to take care of each other's problems and issues. We need to reimagine what it's like to be in the early church and get back to the soul-saving business, the taking care of the widows and the orphans. You see organ, uh, orphans. You see all these people that are dying in these nursing homes. And what are, and what are we doing about it? Because within the triune of God. We discover mutual love, mutual fellowship, mutual dependence, mutual honor, mutual submission, mutual dwelling, and authentic community. What reimagine churches, the church, we need to reimagine and understand that we're in this thing together. Mm, what coronavirus right. really gets to show that, you know what, you can't blow it up, you can't buy it away, you can't lock it up. This is a mutual 
uh, disease. This is a mutual uh, infection. This is it does not care about your skin color, what side of track you on, where part are you in. It's it, we all dependent on one another. And Corona is trying to bring us together in church. We need to lead the movement to say, you know, uh, we need to depend on one another. We need to, we need to reimagine the church and say we need to honor one another, submit to one another, mutual dwell on one another, be be an authentic community again. By, by, by and quit being so separate. We're right together, but we're so separate because in the Godhead, there's this an eternal complement, a reciprocal exchange of divine life, divine love, and divine shelter. In the Godhead, the Bible says, in the fullness of the Godhead, the wealth of him bodily. And it was totally in him. He, he was human and he was divine. And we have forgot church, our humanity, because we need to reimagine a church of mutual love and mutual honor. You know, we, we, we're just missing that people are dying. We're just missing that people are full of anxiety right now. We're missing, we're just, we're just missing that people are suffering right now. We, because we have so separated ourselves, we have such organized that people are nothing but consumers. People are nothing but, but, but checks in the boxes. People are not human. And we've got so dehumanized that we don't even understand. You're not even, you're not even concerned about your brother and sister. You concerned and you're mad because you can't hear the choir sing. Well, the choir sing is not really the goal of the church. That's nice. But the goal of the church, the goal of the body of Christ is to have to, to show Christ, show the love of God in this cruel world that we live in. You That's know, right. it, it, it's, it's about from a human perspective, the purpose of the church, the meaning is mutual edification. But from God's perspective, the purpose of the gathering is to spread, express his glorious son and to make him visible. The church has become invisible because the church, Bishop John, has gotten hidden, hidden, hidden being hidden inside the walls instead mm. of walking outside the walls and being the bride of Christ, being the image of God, being the salt of the earth, being the light of the world that God said. We have hid ourselves inside those walls and we only find God's in those walls. You know, we, we know how to have church. What does that mean? We, we know how to have a good time. What does that mean if it's not helping nobody outside those walls? If it's a mutual love, there's no mutual connection. There's no mm -hmm. mutual honor. Right. There's no mutual sacrifice. There's no mutual dependence. You, I'm going to get my praise on. What does that mean? Who does it does it for? I'm, I'm going to get, he's getting his preach on. What does that mean? Because we're supposed mm -hmm. to make him visible to the world. He needs to be visible not by taking care of that orphan, about talking to that person who's going through a domestic violence situation right now, about talking to that person who's suffering from anxiety right now and, 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 and all you want to do is just go to church, but now it's time to pray with your brother and sister because they're suffering, they're going through anxiety, they're going through depression, they're going through separation anxiety, all mm -hmm. these things going on, and now it's time to reimagine the church and say, this is what it's supposed to be about, going house to house, taking care of our brother and sister who are going through a traumatic thing. We're going through collective trauma right now. Can't nobody dismiss this trauma or you do you dismiss it at your own peril because you're putting a lot of people at risk but anybody who dismissed this or ignored this is really not being focused because this is a mutual situation that that does not care that that humanity must deal with in a biological way but we can't use the same old tactics of ignoring it mm -hmm. because it, it's, it's going to be there and so I came up with some points that I want, I, I want the, the church, reimagine the church. The church, we need to be moved from being attractional. We, we need to get away from being attractional. Rather, we need to be missional. Yeah. The church yeah. has a mission. 
The, the church is not supposed to be attracting consumers to fill the seat. The church is supposed to be creating disciples. He said, and I'll make disciples. He said, follow me and I'll make you fishermen of men. You know, it's not time to play safe. It's time to at least your imagination, your vision, what, what God wants you to do, how you can still minister in this hour because Corona cannot stop God. Corona can only stop men and women who's supposed to be children of God. But it cannot stop the move of God. But now it's not the time to play safe. Now it's time to unleash your imagination to transform lives for God. It's not. It's about transforming lives, not about gaining clients. Yeah. It's about transforming lives, not about gaining consum consumer. And COVID-19 is pushing the church out of its comfort zone because we've been in a comfort zone too much. We've got we we've got comfortable in our nice pews, in our nice seats, in our air condition, in our nice microphones and music and soundtracks and bands and and organs and choirs and all that we've got comfortable, but we've been mm -hmm. we're not missional because we we want to we want to get we, we we look at church as an organization like what do General Motors offer me? What does ABC Church offer me? Does it have a children's ministry? Do they have a good choir? How good can he preach? Mm -hmm. This, that. We, we, we have a consumer checklist like we're going buying a car. That's right. How many, what's my warranty going to be? How, how much is this? How many, how many miles? Are you going, what are you going to be free for buying this? And we've done the same thing. We don't believe no more. We need to reimagine again and go back. Missional discipleship that Jesus said, I've called you to make disciples of men. We, we can do church without needing buildings. If the, mm. the, the building does not make you make you be doing, not saying that you're doing church because you have a building. Just because you have a building doesn't mean you're doing church, you're doing the mission of God. And we need to grasp this moment for the mission. This is the moment that the mission needs to be, be held. And we, we need to have understand that what, what we've been missing it is, is dialogue preaching mm -hmm. we 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 look at jesus how he preached he had conversations in his preaching and we need to have dialogue that that the church should believe i hear it's so bad when i hear that you know bishops are dying in the church mm -hmm. preachers are dying it's, it's because we've got caught up in a prosperity message yes. we got caught up in, in in a message that said you know we was in a crisis we're in a crisis and nobody want to talk about things that we should preach about. You know what? There's going to be sacrifice. There's going to be, you know how you get credible church? You know what? I can reimagine the church again. If we can start telling the people the truth again, that, that, that you can't praise your way out of this, that you can't pray your way out of this, that there's going to be some sacrifice we need to take, some pain that the, the, the church needs to sit back at home too. That the church needs to go back in his home and take care of your home. Husbands and wives, you need to, you need to go home and be better husband and wives. Mm. Children, you need to let your parents be the inspiration in your life. We need to say, you know, because we got to go through this sacrifice and pain. We're not going to come to the building right now, but we're still going to stay connected. See, people, if, if you start telling people the terrible truth sometimes, then the church can get its credibility back. No, but what the church has, in many cases, they try to dismiss science, dismiss death, 
dismissed illness and went up there and people died recklessly by, mm-hmm. because the church is not in the business. I'm trying to, I'm trying to help somebody. The church is not in the business of telling the truth anymore. The church is in the business of lying and there's prophet lying and all this kind of stuff. And in this situation, this is a reckless and dangerous situation to be caught up in a lot in because your lie in this situation can be deadly and put people at risk. We mm-hmm. need to have start a dialogue that, you know what, you need to question your pastor, your question leader when they put you in harm's way. They asked Jesus question, who says you're the son of man? Who, who brought you? Prove yourself to me. Why, why are you doing this? And so you can't ask your, you can't ask your pastor question. Yes, you can, because nobody has a right to your life. God gave you this life. Even your pastor, your husband and wife, they have a right to your life. Your life is your life. And we need to get back to having a dialogue again. You just said what James made a decision, but they was having a council. They worked it out with one another. Martin Luther, all these people, they had dialogue with the church. And many times they had to lead the organizations because they couldn't deal with the change. Church, if we don't understand, we need to reimagine this moment because unless we change, we're going to be ineffective, inept, incompetent, and people are not going to trust us. That's you right. know, dialogue preaching is not all dialogue, nor is monologue. It is both. This is a true way of preaching was actualized in the life of the early church. Mm. Proclamation and interaction were mixed together to create a mega moment. This, we, we are, we, what we're doing right now, Bishop G, is dialogue preaching. We're having a conversation mm. We're talking about the history of the church. We're talking from common sense practice, theological practice, practical mm-hmm. view. We're, we are preaching right now because we're teaching people that, you know what? We need to learn from each other and we need to reimagine how we're doing things and quit allowing buildings and culture and things like that to separate us from the love of God because pure religion is this, those who take care of the widows and the orphans. That's right. And we need to understand that we're not taking and we're more worried about taking care of buildings and 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 uh profit margin sheets and things like that and, and, and trying to organize the church as a business. We're going to be lost and no credibility. Jesus said that I must be about my father's business. The church needs to reimagine itself right. and look in the word of God and be back about the father's business. His business is about family. His business is about hope. But his business is also about sacrifice. And when you're in a crisis, his business is about being honest with people, being open with people, being there for people, suffering Mm -hmm. people, dying with people, sitting with people. Because when you sit with somebody who's suffering, you're sitting with Christ. Because he said, if you do it to the least of these, my brothers, there I'm in the midst of. See, he is not sitting with you on your church pew. He's sitting with you in the mental ward. He's sitting with you with the orphan. He's sitting with you at the food pantry. He's sitting with you at the nursing home. He's sitting with you there because you're there with the least of these among us. And so we need to reimagine the church by going back and following the example of the early church by breaking bread and quit trying to change the church from an organism into an organization. That's right. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah, we've definitely lost our uh, we've we've lost our ability to communicate with people when we can't dialogue have dialogue, and and the inability to communicate with with people is why people show up in the front door looking for hope and they walk right out the back door want nothing to do with us because we don't know how to talk to them we're talking at them we're not talking to them we're not meeting them in their knees we're not meeting them where they are we expect them to come meet us and thank god jesus didn't act that way thank god our scripture and our our salvation isn't rooting on 
isn't rooted in me doing things because I'm incapable. Mm-hmm. So I've always found, you know, that's what I find interesting. If the church would just act like the first century church, mm-hmm. look at the first century church. It was persecuted. It was, and I'm not talking about, I can't go to the building on Sunday. I'm talking about people were literally losing their heads, getting burned at the stake for being Christians. Mm-hmm. And that church took over an empire. It went from the Roman Empire to the Holy Roman Empire, right? I mean, I don't, if we just look at, we do better under pressure. Our church, God's children just do better under pressure. And we're under pressure right now. And and a lot of us aren't performing, which, you know, maybe you're not really being called. Maybe you need to have a seat, sit down, like you say. Um, Maybe you're not ready. Maybe you never were ready. Maybe this was just an easy, an easy way because you're, you know, you got a nice, you got a nice jawline. You look great on TV. You got perfect teeth, um, and you, you got the gift of gab. Well, you know, po- politics is open. Go do that. Go be the CEO of a company. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this is not the place for that anymore. And if COVID nineteen hasn't taught us anything, it's that we don't need to be fancy to be effective. You know, and also the the, the church, the church has gotten cultish you know i, I was watching mm. the documentary waco last night well, the church Ooh, has been yeah i'm watching that too culture. it's um you we don't understand we refuse to understand that many churches are nothing but cults because you you wrap yourself around the one person or this preacher or this organization and you make decisions that violates scripture that violates common sense that violate morality mm-hmm. in 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 the, in the in the name of Jesus, and you know why you're doing this because you can't have a dialogue. Mm. So you're not you're not you can't question this. The, the the leader that sets himself as as a cult personality or herself that you they can't be questioned. This is why dialogue preaching. Is, this is reimagining of the church. We need to go back to dialogue preaching. But we actually sit down and we have conversations and go back and forth with people while we're preaching. See, when That's you're right. preaching, you're preaching at people and nobody's saying nothing but amen or whatever. In some churches, some people just sit there and they, and they just taking this stuff in. They just this information in and what and what we're setting stuff up. And that's why we have a death cult in the society, because that preacher becomes your your thoughts it, it it becomes your mind it becomes what who you are and so people follow this these people when they set themselves up because they want to believe in this person but what they really do is they set themselves up as a demigod a semi-god and they but they eliminate christ and they become christ so therefore you can't question them you can't ask them you can have a dialogue with them because that is is looked at as insubordination they set themselves up as ceos and executive but in this this manner it become cultures because they will have you sleeping with their let me i'm, I'm sleeping with your wife I, nobody can sleep with your wife and me give me your yeah. wife because god because i'm a i'm the vessel of god and they hide behind god and so in church on a lower level you do the same thing because you set yourself up as a death culture because you will have people coming to a service in the middle of a pandemic to try to prove that they have a relationship with god or mm-hmm. prove have a relationship with God. So therefore we 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 have an environment where people have died in it. We have a real life environment. We got to go back to work on Jim. We have a real life environment that people have died because they went to church 
trusting their leaders and not understanding science not understanding common sense why because they can't have a dialogue they can't have a dialogue with their parents they don't don't spend it against the pastor don't send it against the bishop even though i got questions concern if i say something against them hold on i got nobody now then i'm not mm -hmm. honoring god i'm not serving god no there's no scripture in the bible that you can't ask a man a question a woman a question there's no that do respect there's no scripture in the bible that this person ain't approachable you can't approach them and talk to them they set themselves at a cultish fashion, but cultish, if you notice it, it always got to do with the selfishness of the cult, the, the cult figure. They are God. They sleep with all these women or they sleep with all these men. Mm -hmm. They can't be questioned. They can't be, they set themselves as demigod to control you. And therefore the church, you have, we have got controlling ineffective and ineffective and incompetent and, and because we are controlled by 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 a situation that had nothing to do with God, but by culture, we've got capitalized, we've got consumer organized, we've become a church industrial complex. We're about building churches and building organization, not about building men and, and women and children, not about building families. We don't even we don't even talk about the church as a family anymore. We're executives now. We're 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 um CEOs and things like that. And this is why I wonder when you, when you have a situation that when you depend on money, when you depend on finance, when you depend on consumers, you need consumers. That's right. You need consumers. When when the shepherd loves his sheep, oh, I got nobody now, and will lay down his life for his sheep, the CEO will get you killed over business because he wants to be, oh, I ain't got nobody now. The shepherd will lay down his life for the sheep. The CEO or the executive is going to have you lay down your life for them because they are elevated. They are the cult feature. And that's why we have a death cult in this, in this country. And the church needs to get back to this counterculture that Jesus said about the kingdom of God and look at the beatitude because this is not what God meant. And we need to mm -hmm. reimagine how to get back to the first century church because more people are going to die. People are going to die spreading coronavirus in the church. That's right. And it, it's a building. It's, it's, it's a building, and it's not immune. Jesus is not an inoculation against the coronavirus. Jesus is not a vaccine. He is my Lord and my Savior. As I said earlier on our thread, when they put those nails in Jesus' hand, he bled just like me. If they did it right now to me and you, if John and Aaron would bleed by putting a spike in their hands, guess what? Jesus will shed the same blood. He died on a cross. And That's so right. we're not immune to things because we serve him. There's no scripture in the Bible that says you're immune to a biological virus because you serve God. That's right. But if you can't have a dialogue with your pastor, you got to make one of two decisions. Either you're going you're gonna to be a submissive or you're going to be a rebel. And when they rebel, guess what? You got to leave the camp because That's right. a cult figure... They cannot deal with rebels because rebels cause them problems. Oh, I'm, I'm talking like rebels cause them problems. But a true leader, a leader, he will listen to his sheep. He will take the advice of his sheep. He will take the counsel of his sheep. Whether they right. whether they come to the same agreement, but they will still listen with them. But a cult leader only has one way: them selfishness. Right. And we follow this. Blind, we see it happening right now with people marching on these capitals across the nation. In the midst of a pandemic, not dismissing science and 
and forget evidence. Evidence. You can't spend death, cemeteries, caskets, and graves. You just you can't spend it. Those are facts. That's right. That's right. Man. So that's this is this is the environment that we we call ourselves in, and, and, and yeah. until we have a dialogue. Until we, until we want to have these conversations, mm-hmm. the, we, the church, will, the, un, the, the unimagined church will become inept, incompetent, irrelevant, and, and, and it, beca- it can find itself in a dustpan of history by being on the wrong side of history mm-hmm. because death has reigned in the church because of reckless behavior because you want to keep doing what you're doing in the face of a situation that says you have to stop doing what you're doing see because here is the rub it's not about the mission of christ it's about your profit margin Mm. because the mission of christ is still going on it's never stopped. People saying the word unprecedented. No, we've had world wars. We've had Spanish flu pandemic, blue mm-hmm. yellow fever. We've been played at Washington during the Revolutionary War. This is not the first pandemic mm-hmm. in our history. But the history of when you study pandemics, you can get in this more. The church has always, this, have always conducted itself very suspect. In pandemics, you can talk about that as for you know back yeah. to the the play. I mean, we have yeah. always we we need to learn this, and we've always been suspect and put people in harm's way in pandemics. Yeah, and what what's scary about it is uh, we're we're not changing. You know, we're, we're a lot of us are still doing the same thing. And you're absolutely right. I mean, if you look you look at the Black Death, I mean, we the church was saying, hey, you prove your faith, march through, you know march through towns we do the same thing with crusades uh i the reason we get shady i think we it's not just pandemics we get the the christian church gets shady when we're put under stress because when we're put under stress we have to start to shave away those things that are not christ-like and we don't want to do that because those things that are not christ-like make a lot of money mm-hmm. and the, the concept of the church being a corporation is not a, is not a new thing. It's not a novel idea. It's been going on since the papal states in, 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 in the 900s. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's been going on since the creation of the church. Um, it is a fallacy of a man-made church. That is why we cannot rely on people. We have to rely on Christ as a church. Mm-hmm. We have to rely on his word, not what people say. Now relying on his word and see, this is where we start to get, we start to get it twisted. We think relying on his word means completely forget about science. We're just going to do what the Bible says. Well, if you take that stance, the Bible doesn't say anything about coronavirus, nothing. <laughs> so now what are you going to do? Right, okay? right, right, right. Um, the early church fathers, the, the council of Jerusalem, the early church in Acts, they understood this simple fact. God is not contained to a book. God is not contained to a building. Science is the general revelation of God. Science proves to me when I go look when I look through a telescope and a microscope, 
it proves to me the very order and the very creative power of our God. It doesn't make me run from God or, or change my ideas on is God real or not. I'm not afraid of science. Right. It's the general revelation of who God is. Science in its in its infancy, the whole purpose of science was to manifest, show these glories of God to people. Mm-hmm. And science right now, the general revelation of God is telling us this virus is dangerous. This virus will kill you. I think what you said, 30 Kojic bishops have died. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. Now, me, me and, and Kojic clergy don't agree on everything, but I don't doubt they don't love the Lord, mm-hmm. right? And they, and they lost their lives. Now we don't have them. We, right. don't, have, we don't have them in the fight against the darkness, mm-hmm. right? We, we're, down thir- we're down 30 bishops. That's crazy because we don't want to accept the general revelation of God. And the fact of the matter is science is real. It's a very real thing. And if you're a Christian... You should believe in science because science is the right. very foundation and proof that God does that doesn't just live in the Bible. That God just doesn't just live in the building. It's it's proof to us that God is everywhere. Mm-hmm. And if you're not listening to that, I would argue you're not listening to God. That is a problem. It's a big problem. I want to ask you a question. You know, when you know, this is dialogue preaching. It's it's when we look at laws. I mean, this this virus is is a it is what it is, right? It mm-hmm. it affects it. Some people ain't symptomatic. Some get it. Some but not some people don't. Five year five year old girl just reading a story down in Detroit, mm-hmm. and so here's here's one on this. We you don't believe in science, but no. If 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 I hope this will happen if. You went to a church, make a church mantra, and your pastor said, "Cause we, cause we're gonna pray our way out of it. Laws don't matter, right? Same, mm-hmm. same concept, right? Okay, let's say everybody just walk outside the building. Our lovely building, we love so much. Let's go to the top of it. Get on the ladder, go to the top of it. Now everybody jump off, and Jesus going to, just like he basically Satan did, Satan did, um, you know, Satan did Jesus, right? We, mm-hmm. we know the story, Matthew four. Mm-hmm. Jump off because you know God will give his angel charge, lest I dash that foot against the stone, right? Now, okay, you're going up there, you do it. Who who's going to jump? I doubt many people would, of course, you always have the percent that most tried, right? But I doubt massive will. What is the difference? You understand. Here, here's my point. Because I want you to talk about this prove me faith man, or the snake of mm-hmm. I call snake of you you understand whether you can explain it or not. You know, I, I, you're not going to sit at a whiteboard and you know go through what gra- how gravity works, right? Right. But, you know, you understand. You know, if you got you know unless you're a baby, obviously, if you got some life experience, because you've seen, understand, it, you've done it. That what goes up, you jumped up, yeah. you come down. Yeah, you do. So you're on top of a building that's forty feet, whatever in there, mm-hmm. stories up. You know, you jump, the chance of you dying is great, breaking, whatever you want, process. Now, you wouldn't do that. And you would most likely look at your, hopefully, look at your pastor like, sideways, brother, sister, this is my last Sunday here. See you later. I'm gone. That's right. That's right. What is the difference? If if if, if you wasn't do that, people said, yes, that is, that is the same. Because you, you have evidence, like gravity, 
Am I in a, am I am I off? You tell me I'm off. You have evidence like gravity that gravity works. That if I go on my That's son, right. John has jumped him in the air. Aaron, I've literally jumped him in the air. I came down. I've I've jumped, I've got on top of kids. Stupid. You know we playing games. I'm not building. I could have broke. You know could have. But I did it right. Kids right. Mm-hmm. I came down. I didn't fly off like Superman. The That's Marvel right. did. I came down. So mm-hmm. I knew. I can before I can explain. I knew it. So you see this virus killing people. I don't care who your pastor is. I don't care how good he can pray. I don't care what is. <clears throat> I don't care what your denomination is. Why would you put yourself in that environment? We're having a dialogue here. Mm. Why would you put yourself in an environment to prove what? Because my point is, I let you. T- my point is, even if I jump out the building and live, I still follow me. I still put myself at a risk to break something, get killed, something for mm. what? Because I know right. God is not going to save me. I'm going to come down. I'm going to crash down. And hopefully I live through it. But at the end of it, I hope somebody can follow me in this because I know I'm talking. <laughs> what did I prove? God right. is still, God, every element of God is still the same. Jesus, I, nothing, what, what am I proving? And so I don't get how you can be in a, if, if, if you're thinking, if, you, if you're, you have your own mind, sound mind, we said Timothy, right? God put in you a sound mind. If you're a pastor, have unsound, I ain't got nobody, theology, what, what scripture basis are you following in? Right. I mean, and it just basis apple of gravity. I'm not trying, yeah. you know. You and it actually, wrong. yeah, the, the scariest thing about the, the exact example you bring up, and it is exactly like what's happening right now. So, so what, so what, so just repeat for me, what did Satan say mm-hmm. when he said, Jesus, jump off this building? What, what was going to happen if Jesus jumped off the building? What did Satan say was going to happen? I think he said, he said, you know, for, for what is written, mm-hmm. scripture, that God will give his angels charge over the, lest I right. dash that foot against the sun. I think I'm right. So, yeah, no, you're, he, he it's used, close enough, right? You use scripture, right? Said, for exactly. What is and that's yeah. the scary part. That's exactly what we have some pastors doing today right now is using scripture to get people to come out and test their faith against this coronavirus. It's the exact same game Satan played with Jesus. And what was mm. Jesus' response? What thou shalt not tempt. He said it is also <laughs> written. Yeah. You will not tempt the Lord your God. Right? So context, right? Right. We do we talk about, that's why we do straight out of we got we gotta do a whole segment on that. Straight yeah. out of context, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm it's sorry. Gross, it's okay, it's grossly yeah. out of context, right? And what Jesus was doing is he was correcting that context for Satan. Now Satan knew what he was doing. Right. And Jesus knew what he was doing. And that's why Jesus said, you will not tempt the Lord, your God. So people out there, if you're, if your pastor is telling you to crawl up the top of a building or to go to your church, even though there's a virus out there that may not kill you, but you could spread it to people that could die. Mm-hmm. Um, if your pastor's telling you to do that and he's saying, wasn't it written that the Lord's going to protect us? Then I think mm-hmm. your answer needs to be exactly what Christ's answer was. Mm-hmm. It is also written that you will not tempt the Lord, your God. That is what you are doing. When you play games with people like this, this is what this is what you're you are tempting God, and God's not a fool, right? God is good. that general revelation we were talking about. He's going to let that play out, mm-hmm. right? So, those those are laws. Those are natural laws that are going to play out, and you're going to die. So so true. So now 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 we're going to so okay. We establish the fact that that never and so guess what? I might it might not have you said something good. It might not affect me. Bad, but if a five-year-old do that, it might kill them. So the, the virus might not affect. 
the point is you put you put yourself at risk. It's the same process. So true leadership, true leadership is always understanding that you are human. You're not a god. That you are in this world. That you are you have limitations mm-hmm. and shortcomings. But the main thing you have is humanity and and this notion that you you're going to tempt God with this situation. Like just because you have a title, pastor, leader, bishop, elder, that you are immune to something that's a biological fact, no different than you are not immune to gravity just mm-hmm. because you wear a title in the church. These titles does not make you so true leadership is understanding why can't we my, my, my question now is why can't we appear what what our culture would say weak? I don't think it's we, but now, you know, right. you know yeah. we're gonna we're gonna have we're gonna have church anyway. Anybody gonna shut this church down? This is our first amendment right. This ain't this ain't mm-hmm. nothing to do with your first amendment right. That's it right. is a biological virus that is not confined to walls, buildings, churches. The corona, I'm just gonna be the coronavirus don't give a you know what what your buildings say. If it's in here, it is carried by human beings, not buildings. That's right. If human beings are in there. It got the possibility of being there. What is your what are your saying? So why why does why what where do we get where did the church you know you think like where did the church get this and it probably been there on you know, this hero you know let me erase Matthew four what Jesus did and just this hero testing God to prove something what are you proving I mean I, I don't I don't get this. This men, this mentality. I, I I don't see a scripture. I don't yeah. see it in Jesus's walk. It's it's just and now we know it's have deadly consequences. Not yeah. not just bad. And we, we what we have what we have here is a Peter mentality. Okay, so if you recall, no, I'll ask you this first. At any point in the Gospels, did Jesus ever tell his disciples to put themselves at risk? Mm, no. No. Right. No. Some examples of that. Did Jesus? Did Jesus? get out and walk on the water and then make all the disciples get out and follow him? No. Nope. No, that was Peter's choice. Peter did that. Right. And what happened? He almost died. Because right. I guarantee right. you if Jesus wouldn't have reached down and picked him up, he would have drowned because that's right. the natural law. Humans don't breathe underwater. Okay. Right. <laughs> so that's, that's problem. There's one right there. Right. What did Peter, what did Peter prove? Jesus, what did, what did Peter prove that Jesus hadn't already proved? Right. right. Um, we don't ever look at that side of the story, right? Um, mm-hmm. Then we, 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 we talk about um, when Jesus is praying in Gethsemane right before he's taken captive. And, and, and his, when they come to capture him, disciples rise up and strike the guard. What does he do? No, no. Because what's the consequence of them doing these dumb things? They right. will die right. and the gospel message won't spread, right? right. And that's what's going to happen here. Coronavirus. If you continue to tempt the Lord your God, you're going to die, and you're not going to be involved in the process of furthering the gospel message. And that's what the enemy wants. And that's exactly what the enemy wants. That's why. <laughs> that's why he tried to bait Jesus. That's why. I mean, it's scripture is riddled with examples. Jesus never. Now there are going to come times when, when yes, Christians are going to be put out, and they're going to have to make choices, and those choices may result in their deaths. But Jesus never asked them to go out and face a virus on their own. Right. This isn't this isn't, you know, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Right. That was a specific time and a specific purpose. That is not this. 
right? Instead of trying to prove how Christian you are by going to church, why don't you prove how Christian you are by helping some non-essential worker that doesn't have a job right now and is starving to death? See, we're all focused on these big, overt, wow, look at me, look how great of a Christian I am. And everyone is forgetting that there are, we are at unemployment rates as high as the Great Depression right now. There are people starving in every community. What church? What are you doing? Proving that you can go to church and not get corona does not put food in anyone's mouth. It does nothing for nobody. So congratulate, congratulations. You went to church. Great. Now what? Mm-hmm. How many people are starving 400 feet from the door of that really fancy church of yours yeah. while you sit there putting yourself at risk and doing nothing for the community around you? It's you're a charlatan. It's a game. And this is not a game. These are people's lives. People are starving. Feed somebody, put some food in somebody's mouth, pay somebody's light bill. I, I don't I don't care about you going to church. Jesus does not care about you going to a building. He didn't say go 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 throughout the world into church buildings and spread the gospel message via Facebook Live. He said go into the world, meet people where they're at, and spread the message of Jesus Christ, teaching them. Mm-hmm feeding them, taking care of them. But that's not what we're doing. We're just trying to prove how Christian we are. And we have a swath of bodies lining the sides of these churches because we don't want to do what the gospel has told us to do. We want to do what we want to do. And that's a sin as old as Adam. Yeah. And, and, And we have turned the church building into an idol. We turn a church building into a social club instead mm. of a, a house where we're supposed to uplift one another. And 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 don't confuse, and again, taking out of context, don't confuse mm. standing up for God with putting yourself in harm's way. Mm-hmm. That's two different things. What Matt, what Daniel did, and he they they were standing up for God because that was they was trying to get them to violate a moral principle, a moral ethical that they 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 were they were believing mm-hmm. if somebody comes in my room right now room and put a gun in my head and say renounce jesus i'm not going to renounce jesus now if they choose to pull that trigger they got to live with the consequence of those actions mm-hmm. but my life's in god's hand i'm not going to renounce jesus under the threat of death but mm-hmm. i'm not putting a gun to my own head i'm in a situation right. that somebody put my gun and say hey you know what and renounce your renounce your fidelity to Christ. I'm not doing it. Renounce your no. I'm not. I'm not doing it because. Mm-hmm. But I'm not doing it to myself. Right. I, I, I'm. Not, I'm not. I don't have to. They doing. They they trying to put a position where I choose God or my life. And so that's when the word of God said, "Those who seek to save their life shall lose it." Lose. But but I'm not picking up a snake or picking up a gun and putting it to my own hand. And we used to do it with situation like this. It is not the same. The it is again standing up for God is not the same of prove me this situation because when you're trying to prove God, we don't have the authority. I'm trying to go deep now. We don't have the authority, the right, the credibility to have God prove anything. Mm-hmm. And I mean, hold on, God. Oh, I, oh, I got about it now. I'm gonna say, God does not have to prove anything. And I mean anything to me. He okay. gave me his, I ain't got nothing about nothing. He, his son of Donald Christ, he's done it all. Do we read it? So why, okay, if we said that last week, that he's done it all. Oh, I'm getting, 
He blessed me enough again. But now through Corona, I'm going to go to church and to prove to y'all that I won't get sick and die because God's going to do it. No, God doesn't have to prove anything to you. Where did, here's my question to you now. Where is the notion that comes from God or Jesus, whatever you want to call it, the son of God or his father have to prove something to you? If I hold a snake, a viper, and it bites me, I'm going to prove, y'all going to watch your vitamin. I'm going to rise again, proving mm -hmm. that God is in my life. What does, where is scripture? Maybe I'm taking out of context. I, I know where it is. You want me to take where it is? Yeah, please. Um, I'll take exactly where it is. It's in Genesis 3, when Satan says, did God really say? Did, did God really say? What did God mean when he said that? See, it's in scripture. It's just the part we don't want to talk about. See, mm -hmm. the concept of I somehow as a human being, can be equal to the very power of God is the oldest sin. And it's our greatest, it's our first sin as a race. Mm. The concept that we are going to be like God, we're going to be mm. a God knowing the difference between good and evil, right? We are now going to be in that place. It, it is, it is man's fallen desire to replace Christ on the throne in their life. And it's exactly what's happening here. You can dress it up however you want. It is a sin. It is a sin to put yourself on the throne where God sits. That is a sin, right? But we want to dress it up. Oh, you know, I'm going to prove my faith to Jesus. You ain't, you ain't proving nothing to nobody. Jesus isn't impressed with you. Jesus is way more impressed when you give, you know, $50 to the food pantry or when you give $10 to someone on the street that ain't got no food or has, can't, you know, can't afford a mask, can't afford to, to, to isolate, Right. When you say thank you to an essential worker, sometimes it's words, sometimes it's deep. But, you know, it's always doing something. It's, it's not sitting your rear end in a, in a church pew. I mean, James talks about this over and over and over. He said, what good does it do to tell somebody that's starving? I'm, hey, I'm praying for you, man. Thoughts and prayers. I'm so sick of hearing thoughts and prayers, man. I'm praying for you. Great. Pray for me. But do something. Say something. You, I can do that sitting in, 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 in this room in the back of a house in Port Orchard, Washington. I don't need to go to a church to do that. I can cash at people money. I, I don't need. I, see, the problem is we want to do it at the church so everybody can see it. Yeah, watch out. We want yeah. that vanity. See, yeah. that's the problem. We're vain. We're vain yeah. people. And I, I mean, we, couple, yeah, I'll be the first one. To, me too. I'm vain. Mm -hmm. I, like, I like when people say, man, Pastor John, oh, man, that mm -hmm. message was on fire. I love hearing that. I'm not going to be the I'll be the first one to admit I'm a human being too. But I'm called by an extraordinary God that tells me to take care of people and meet them where they're at. Meeting them where they're at doesn't mean forcing them into a building so they can possibly catch a disease. That that that's the antithesis of the gospel and if you're willing to do that to your people, you're a monster. You're a monster. You're and here's the final point. I, I want to get your thoughts on did Here's, here's the message I hate. Here, here's the underlying subliminal message that I, that I think, and it's really tragic. It's evil, and it's so wrong. This, so you stand up there and say, because you'll see on Sunday, well, you see, we, you know, we came together. So, so the message they send in is, well, see, y'all letting the government, people, mm -hmm. and, and you're scared. See this. This is what the the conspiracy the conspiracy crackheads crackhead crack, crack, crack pot, pots come out, 
So yes. you, you're learning, and so, but but here is the sub, sub, subliminal message that what why you know I they, they criticize me. I don't care. I, you know I can deal with it. But here's here's what hurts my heart is so. You're telling that people who are putting people in the grave right now, what they're suffering was a hoax or a lie. Yeah. Because you can still go to church and now you 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 take the risk and go to church. So their person the, the their loved ones died because they didn't have faith. See, this is a, this is the subliminal, and this yeah. is why you're passing along evilness because you're sending a message like, you know, see. Well, that person must didn't trust God because they got sick and died in the middle of a pandemic because you still going to church on Sunday to prove that God is real, to prove that, you know, mm -hmm. that God is still able. That's right. But this person died. So you're being very disrespectful to the to, to the evilness level because now you're saying that now you're in a situation that my God is greater than your God. And the yeah. Baba series is only one God. And that's, that is the message that I can't stand. I can't hate when you try to send this message to, and you can miss me with it, that, you know, I see, I, I, I can, I can deal with that. Uh, uh, I, you know, I'm my, my God, I got, I got a more relationship with God with you. I'm, I'm closer to God with you. See, you scared, you running scared or, or your, your person died and this person died and see, miss me with that mess because people are suffering not because they're scared not because they did anything wrong who did sin the man asked the, the, the person asked jesus did his mother or his father sin he said no he said that the, that the glory of god might be manifest in in her and, and on, on in, his, in his in his um healing see we we have got caught up in the same thing you know trying to prove who has God or who works for God, who don't work for God or who, who's, who's cornering God in things like this, not understanding this is the wrong thing to talk about because when you putting yourself in harm's way for this here, it's, it's, God is not in the business of cherry picking who's doing what, who's doing what and not doing what. God is in the business of loving his people, but, mm -hmm. but to dismiss suffering and death sending a subliminal message that we're going to get together and we're going to do it anyway and we're going to trust God. That, so the message is, so I'm not trusting God because I'm staying in my art, staying in my home, staying safe, keeping myself safe and make sure I'm not spreading something that I may, may or may not have. Yeah. And that's, that's an evil message to, to send. Yeah, and that's, that's that prosperity crap. That That's all that is, is prosperity theology. It's just wrapped up in uh, health instead of wealth. That's all it is. The reason you got COVID, the reason those bishops died, the reason is because they just don't love Jesus enough. They didn't believe enough. And the problem, the, the faulty, the falseness of that theology is it's predicated on this concept that we need to do something to be saved, to find, you know, to find grace. To And the, and the problem is scripture over and over tells us no one, no one, not even one, is good enough on our own. We need Jesus Christ to redeem us from our sin. I can, I will never have enough belief to overcome my sin, but what I do have is faith in Jesus Christ that he suffered, died, buried, and was rose again for my sins, and now I have a place in heaven. But while I'm here, instead of trying to make sure that everybody knows how Christian I am, 
why don't I focus on trying to do what Christ told me? See, I'd rather look, I would rather look Christian to Christ than look Christian to people. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's where we're wrong. That's where prosperity theology gets it twisted. We got to show people we love Jesus. Our bank account has to prove we love Jesus. Our, our health has to prove. And the fact of the matter is there are people who love the Lord that die of cancer every day. There are people who love the Lord. that are dying of COVID right now. It's got nothing to do with that. The gospel message is that he came to redeem us from sin and give us life everlasting. You're still going to die on this earth in some way, shape, or form. No one's going to live forever mm-hmm. in this in this life. Mm-hmm. But we have a promise at the end of this life that that's not the end. Mm-hmm. And if we would just focus on that and just focus on feeding just simple little things like Jesus, just focus on that instead of trying to prove how Christian we are, man, we'd really prove we were Christians. Mm-hmm. Bottom line is it's not it's not about it's not about Christ. It's, it, it is about again you you want your comfort zone so bad you 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 don't want to change you don't want to reimagine imagine how to do things you don't want to reimagine how to how to still reach your people and take care of people except the old way that you've always done it. Well, we've always known this. Who said we can't trade? We always had trade. This is a government conspiracy. This is this other. And so, no, God is saying, you need to go back and remember, he told the church of Laodicea, your first love. Mm. And remember, y'all, godly now say, y'all love the church so much that you don't even love me no more. Mm-hmm. That's right. You you love the, 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 the process of church so, more, so much that you don't even care about me anymore. You love the church so much that you you care more about the preacher. You love the church so much that you care about more about the choir. And I'm here saying, are y'all doing the mission that my father sent me? And the father sent me not to condemn, not mm-hmm. to put down, not to take life, not to put in harm's way. He come here that they might have like Jesus. You know, you're asleep, but the storm is out here raging, and we might die. He said, no, no, peace be still. Peace. Be still. Be still. I got this. The winds and raging out there in church, the message God telling me, be still in your homes. Mm-hmm. Get closer to God. Reconnect with God. Reimagine. God is still moving, but you need to be still right now because you're in the middle of the situation. This is leadership that's based on reason and common sense and not buffoonery, tomfoolery, and this just just trying to test the God. A God that does not have to prove any. See, the government has to prove that it's going to keep its promises. You know why? Because the government breaks promises. <laughs> I ain't got nobody now. It does. Mm-hmm. It breaks promises, period. It's done over history. You can look it up. But God, he, he's never broken a promise. Ask Abraham. He's never given back on his word. Look, Abraham, look at the sands of the sea. I'm going to, you're going to be seeds. Look, look up in the sky, Ram. Look at the stars in the sky. I'm going to make you a great nation that you can't even count. You know, you can't count any stars. Don't even start. You can't count them. Just, mm-hmm. just, you don't, just don't even start it. He never broke a promise. That's right. And so that's what we trust. Trust what God says. And if you are in a situation that you can't have a dialogue with your pastor, that you got to reject science, you got to reject common sense, you got to reject practicality. I'm here to maintain. Yes, I'm gonna say it. Don't run. No, don't walk. Don't crawl. Don't walk. Run. Mm-hmm. Leave that church. Leave that place. That's right. God, I wish more people had left Waco. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. They'll be there. 
Not how much more people had left Jim Jones. You think people, we, we, Tim, yes. You think I wouldn't tell them? Who, who among us wouldn't tell people, leave Jim Jones right now? Mm-hmm. How good he can preach? How mesmerized he is? Leave. And so now we're telling people to, you know, harm's way. And there's death in the land. And, and I, I just look at these people and say, man, you got to look in the face of God one day. Wouldn't want to be you, bro. Yeah, I got plenty to answer yeah. for. I don't need to add but, that. No, no, I don't. Nobody's life, you know. With your no, sir, man. That's good stuff, brother. Yep. Good, good, stuff, brother. good show, good show. Yeah, man. Well, we got some good stuff coming on down. Hey, the book's coming soon. With yep. end of May, right? End of May is gonna be here. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep, end of May, and uh, you know we're still doing. You know you can catch these on podcasts on Bishop Brothers. It's on yeah. uh, Anchor FM's on Apple Podcasts on a couple other things. Um, so if you want to listen to these in your car, uh, we also have um, uh, Bishop Presents Kingdom Builders, where you'll get sermons uh, sermon series from both uh, both bishops here. Uh, both of our sermon series will be up on there. Uh, if you just need a quick word, um, well, not quick. We don't. We like to talk, so it's not quick, but it's good. It's good. If you if you got a thirty minute commute to work, there and back, we we got you. We we got you. We got about usually about 40, 40, 40 minutes to an hour, so uh, per thing. So that's good. And then we got pulpit perpetrators going on, um, some very interesting ones, and a lot of those red flags that we keep calling out in these different uh, past. Well, use that term loosely. These quote unquote pastors, um, they. Uh, those red flags are, are so prevalent and man, if we could have just, if someone could have just said something early, you know, it, it would have it fixed these. I don't know if it would have fixed, but it definitely would have minimized a lot of these tragedies. Uh, but we have to look for those things in our leadership. Faulty leadership is dangerous. Uh, un, unanointed leadership is dangerous. And we, we must as a body vet our leaders. Yeah, definitely. Cause it can be uh, dangerous and deadly deadly consequences uh our, our advice right now is the bishop brother advice is stay home stay safe mm-hmm. um doesn't matter what state you're in right now this pandemic is in every state of the union and that, that's our responsibility message to give you stay home and stay safe protect your family protect yourself and we'll get through this and pray for the people on the front line um they're sacrificing pain and, and sometimes as leaders we're going to tell people that we got to go through sacrificing pain but the question is what we're going to be on the other side of it and we need to be a stronger a more caring and, and, and robust church to reimagine mm-hmm. how we do church and not run back run back to the building and do the same thing. But we're excited about the book coming out in the end of May and podcast. You can listen to us on demand, um, YouTube on demand. We got a YouTube channel, Bishop Brothers YouTube channel there. So we have so many platforms that you can reach us and Pulpit Perpetrators is a great, uh, great show if you want to uh, listen to some uh, different uh, aspect of what we're talking about today, how basic cult leadership, how people get caught up in it and, and it's deadly consequences and things like that. So pulpit yeah. perpetrators and we're just uh we're just keeping it moving and we're not stopping the ministry in the midst of this pandemic. The ministry Absolutely is not. still going on and we're still gonna be here. We're still gonna be preaching the word and bringing people on and talking about things and uh, we appreciate all of you taking the time to listen to us and uh, mm, yes. we enjoy you and thank God for you. And you have any time, anytime you want some of us to talk about, just leave a message on the Facebook page, wish your brother page, and we'll get to it and we'll talk about it. Amen. That's right. Amen. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Bishop Brothers. 
make sure to visit our page, Bishop Brothers, where you can like and follow so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, please tell a friend about the show. The brothers salute you. Until we meet again, Godspeed.